We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. I'm Jake Letarski, joined today by John McKechnie. If you are out there on Twitter and would like to give us a follow, you can follow John at Johnny McKex, uh, and that's McKechnie with a C-H, so J-O-H-N-N-Y-M-C-K-E-C-H-S. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can check, give me a follow at jakeski 52 John, we've got a three-game slate Wednesday morning, and of course Tuesday there was a two-game slate. It's quite a bit different than playing a full evening slate. Uh, How do you generally start to approach these kinds of small slates? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because yesterday I was a bit frustrated with, with how I went into it because you can kind of lull yourself into this false sense of security where... You know, the player pool isn't very deep, so theoretically the the cap is a little bit soft. Mm-hmm. So you can really target those higher-priced guys and, like, have a lineup that looks pretty awesome on paper and totally end up busting out regardless of, of like, how good it looks. So you got to be really careful about who you pick. you got to really uh, just tune into, like, what matchup and what uh, what lineup you think is going to do best and just kind of 
hope that it all works out from there because you know if you stack a, a team and it and it goes all wrong you know you're you're way out already exactly i think one of the main lessons to be learned here is that just because you can use the highest price player doesn't necessarily mean you should exactly uh, if one example of that for me at least with yesterday's slate was i i really wanted to use kenta maeda the dodgers he he was he was the highest price pitcher but he was still under eight thousand. Mm-hmm. if you use maeda it doesn't really pay to go ahead and put paul goldschmidt on there because they're going against each other you know the yes. five thousand dollar hitter you're gonna have to deflate that a little bit mm-hmm. so that's the biggest thing and uh and yeah yeah yesterday a guy like hazel baker uh was was a good play good contrarian play if you can find someone to score your yourself 20 points that's under 10 15 percent owned you should be in very good shape yourself because i mean most of those guys I, it was two days ago i went with the tiger stack and pretty much all of those guys were 30 to 37 percent owned so mm-hmm. uh you're going to see big time high ownership and it's especially true on the smaller slate there's just less options exactly all right but uh so that aside let's get into some cash game pitchers that we want to look for for Wednesday's slate of games. Now, there are three top-tier options that stand out on the slate. There's Steven Strasburg, Carlos Carrasco, and Francisco Liriano. That's kind of the tier one of pitchers for daily fantasy baseball on FanDuel on Wednesday. John, do you have a favorite out of those guys? Yeah, I mean, definitely all three of those guys jumped out to me. Uh, Liriano was kind of my my early favorite, but looking at how uh, the Tigers' bats have kind of woken up on Tuesday, and they you know they draw a lot of power from their right-handed batters. You know, like you got Kinsler, Upton, Cabrera, and then Vmart switch hitting. So right, right side of the plate going against a lefty at home, you know that that kind of scares me off of Liriano a bit. So I'm actually going to go uh, towards Carlos Carrasco from the Indians. Uh, if you remember last year, he he came. Uh, within less than an inning of of no hitting the the Rays down there at the Trop, uh, he has very good success there at career. Uh, he has a career 1.65 ERA down there over 16 and a half innings. So not like the biggest sample ever, but it's still a, enough to work on, especially with when you consider his recent success. He's got close to a one strikeout per inning K per nine too. So I I definitely like him. Uh, going tomorrow in terms of cash games yeah I would definitely agree with you uh, for Carrasco and the main part is is fading Liriano tomorrow I think that's really the uh, the way to go uh, right. the for, for novice listeners out there the term fade refers to someone that you think might be highly priced but you're going to stay away from to try to avoid that so just kind of clearing that up there exactly but, but I agree I think uh, Liriano is a good fade target for tomorrow because he'll be pretty higher priced and people are going to react to the recent game logs and the strikeout upside sure but Detroit's lineup is almost entirely right-handed even just looking at uh, the lineup from yesterday on Tuesday they started all right-handers of course Victor Martinez and Salto Lamakia switch hitters and then their first lefty came in the eighth spot and Anthony Ghost so right. you look at the right-handed heavy lineup for Detroit and also Liriano's accustomed to throwing in the National League he's mm-hmm. not going to have the pitcher to work with here he's on the road he could very well prove us all wrong that's happened in the past, but I just think that there are too many factors stacking up against him to make Liriano a really good play. I think so, Wednesday. too. Yeah, absolutely. All right. But uh, so you like Carrasco. I, I can I can definitely get on board with that, especially given his history at the drop. And just, you know, I look at Tampa Bay's lineup and, you know, Longoria's getting up there and, and they just don't seem to me to have a lot of real big threats at this point. No, there's there's not a whole lot that, that really scares you in that lineup. Uh, I think Dickerson against a right-hander can be a little bit dicey. Uh, that guy mm-hmm. can definitely put it out of the park, but... 
outside of him, I mean, there, there really isn't like a, one part of that lineup that you're like, this is murderer's row. This is really where he could get in trouble mm-hmm. g- facing him the third time in a row. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay is always kind of their pedigree, even with Joe Madden beforehand, and, and now just kind of a, a well-balanced team, good defense. They use a lot of different lineups, try mm-hmm. to maximize the skill set. So, yeah, not the not the offensive powerhouse that you think of. If you look in team offensive categories, things such as weighted on base percentage, granted we have a very small sample size over the course of the year, but the Rays find themselves right in the middle of the pack, and they strike out actually at a 21.6% clip heading into this uh, th- this recording of this podcast. Of course, the stats will probably change by the time a lot of you are listening to this. But So a little bit prone to the strikeout, yep. middle of the pack offensively. I think that proves as a good uh, matchup for Carrasco. However, I think in my cash games, I'm going to go back to Steven Strasburg, who like we, we kind of discussed last week a little bit. There's just way too much to like about the matchup here for Strasburg. First off, Nationals far and away the biggest uh, the biggest favorites of the whole entire slate on Wednesday. Uh, I mean, this is this line's been moving quite a bit, but Nationals were minus 200 favorites the other day. Now they're minus 216 favorites uh, the other day. So for those for novices out there, again, want to just uh, make myself clear: minus 216 favorite means that you need to lay down a 216 dollar bet to win a hundred dollars. Yeah, so, so that's pretty hefty. That's I mean, that's as big as you're going to see in a baseball game for the most part. I mean, you have a team projected to finish at the top of the division against the team that's going to finish at the bottom of the division this game the nationals are at home so that does help give them a little bit of a boost and uh believe it or not we already have a really good kind of look at strasburg because his first start of the season back on april 6 was against the braves now that was at turner field arguably a little bit more hitter friendly of a ballpark mm-hmm. and uh he tossed six innings of one run ball in his season debut so he's already shown he knows how to handle the braves and already the Braves are going to be one man down with Ender Enciarte out of the lineup. That's true. Now, Malik Smith, uh, he had some stitches, I believe, after his game uh, yeah, in he, his head after his debut. Yeah, he looked uh, he looked like a, like a w- real warrior. He uh, So he slid into second base trying to make the steal. His helmet flies off, careens off the base, and then just like flings him right, right above the right eyebrow, and he leaves the field all bloody like William Wallace. He's pretty awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of those uh, young guys that like to be called up right away are, are, are high-energy guys. You remember guys like, even when Harper came straight into the oh, year, yeah. he, the guy just had a motor that didn't quit. And uh, Smith, someone that's going to be leading off, kind of taking the role that Inciarte did before for at least the short terms. They're down at least one of their better offensive lineups here. Strasburg against Freeman is is really going to be the matchup to watch in there. But if he can Absolutely. at least pitch himself around Freddie Freeman, I think Strasburg will be in a good place. And it, and it also just helps that Strasburg's going to be at home. Uh, and the, the Nationals are going against Matt Wisler, who I think, you know, he does have a future ahead of him, but I think that the Nationals should be able to get to him early and often. Yeah, exactly. So I, give, I, him a, give him a nice run support. Yeah, I'm a fan of Whistler's long-term outlook or, or owning him in a dynasty league, but mm-hmm. as far as daily formats, uh, especially this early in his career, he, that might be a matchup that I want to target, uh, especially for the opposing pitcher. Now, Strasburg, only four strikeouts in his debut. I'd like to see maybe a little bit more strikeouts than that, uh, especially with them being three points a pop on FanDuel. Exactly. That's always something you want to try to look for. But uh, I, I mean, I think out of all the – I mean, the three top-tier guys, 
nobody's super obvious standing out out of all of those. And then, mm-hmm. and then after that, uh, I mean, I just remember looking at the slate prior to recording the pod, and I'm just like, man, there's a bunch of turds in the pool today. And then, yeah. and that's pretty much what we have. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's ugly. Basically, you look at the pitchers, you know, down the line, and you you basically just try to pick what what lineup you want to use to to just like beat the crap out of them because mm-hmm. I mean that's it's ugly for tomorrow. Exactly, for and that's a great segue into uh, our next topic of discussion is some hitters to look for. Now we won't go position by position, but we're going to throw a couple stack potential recommendations your way, a couple hitters to potentially watch out for, and uh, there'll, there'll be a lot of matchups to take advantage of because the way I, I see it, outside of those few games, Wednesday on a whole is going to be a high-scoring slate. There's going to be a lot of big bats. Absolutely. Exactly. So I'm going to start off with, are you ready for another bad pun? The oh, Butcher, yeah. the Baker, the Jeremy Hazel Baker. <laughs> I I guess Baker doesn't really rhyme with Baker, so maybe 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 I botched that a little bit. But hey, Jeremy Hazelbaker getting some some serious PT in St. Seriously. Louis. Someone that needs to be watched out for in uh, in daily fantasy sports. You mentioned John that you took advantage of when he was, I believe, it was twenty two or twenty three hundred. Exactly. Even on a, it was a five game early slate, and he ended up with what was it twenty eight fantasy points? Yeah, something huge along day. those lines. Yeah, big day. Now, now, granted, he was uh, picking apart Taylor Youngman and the Brewers, but he's someone to watch out for. Now, there's no guarantee that he'll be in the lineup. We have no way of knowing that exactly. But if he is, he's going to hit high in the order we're, we're thinking, you know. And he, like you said yesterday, or uh, for Monday, he put up 27 FanDuel points, uh, a couple of singles, a double, uh, and a triple. I mean, so, like homer so, shy of the cycle. Yeah, you gotta love to see that 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 he has that that capability to stretch a single into a double or or you know and so on. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals were off on Tuesday, it looks like, but Monday and then Sunday and Saturday, Hazel Baker hit second in the order, kind of rotating through the outfield. So again, you're gonna want to go to the RotoWire lineups page and confirm that he's in there, and also confirm sure. where he's at in the batting order because there's a big difference between him at two and him at eight or nine in the order. He did hit eighth in the third game of the season, but I mean. He's been in the starting lineup in four of their last five games, and I know it's it seems too early to, for Mike Matheny to give up on a guy like Randall Gritchick, given how Matheny's handled Gritchick in the past. He seems to love uh, just, just love playing Gritchick a lot, and uh, they I, I don't know entirely he seem, sure what he, he seems sees. to be a little bit moody sometimes with, with his uh, lineup choices. Like sometimes mm-hmm. he'll, he'll uh, take Colton Wong out when you know. To the detriment of their defense, if you're going to put Jed Jerko at second base and then mm-hmm. uh, Diaz at short, you know, like you're basically leaving the middle of your infield open for slap hit singles. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, long story short, I'm not ready to declare this job battle over, but I'm going to ride this Hazel Baker wave. That's uh, a good as, way of putting as it. As much as it's going to take me here, so keep an eye on those lineups pages. Rotowire does it better and faster than anybody else. Indeed. Shameless plug here, but that's the truth. That's the <laughs> that's really the first place I look when I'm starting to put together daily lineups to at least get some ideas of guys that I might want to use. Exactly. All right. So some other outfielders we want to look for. Now, Chris and I talked about Nomar Mazzara at length yesterday. Mm-hmm. Of course, in, in the very first uh, FanDuel slate where he was actually playing, wasn't available. But now it looks like he was in there. And his Tuesday price was uh, $2,700. So uh, $2,700, I mean, are you going to be all in on that, John? I think so. You know, th- this isn't quite to the level of, of what we were saying about Trevor's story last week where we're, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll keep him in until he hits 
3,300. Obviously, we're going to keep rolling with Trevor's story right now. The story was 4,700. He was the same (laughs) as Correa today. Good Lord. I mean, you know, I'm not going out on a limb to say that that Mazar is going to be setting major league records with his first week at the big league level, but that guy's got serious talent, and you can tell that he's got serious talent because, uh, you know, Texas felt comfortable batting him in the two spot his first two games up. Uh, I think that's a trend that's going to continue. So hitting in the top of that order, very potent order, uh, I definitely like his potential there to, to not only get on base, but to come around to score as well. Yeah, exactly. And of course, worth noting that there's a big difference between Mazzara and the two-spot Mazzara down further in the order. So keep that in mind. I'd say I'm going to keep He's going to at least be in consideration until he gets too far over 3,000. Then there's going to be some solid alternatives there. But is there anything you like about the matchup in this instance? There actually is a little bit. Um, I was watching MLB Network the other night, and when Pedro Martinez is talking about pitchers, I tend to listen. Um, and he was talking about how Taiwan Walker has, has an issue with deception. Like he, he just doesn't really hide the ball very well for, for a big guy. You can see the ball coming out of his hands a long ways into his uh, windup. And and because of that, I'm going to be trying to get as many of those lefty Rangers into my lineup for, for Wednesday. I think that that would be a very solid play out there, especially when you're considering that they're going to be part of that mini three-game slate. Uh, you know, someone that you may not regularly consider, like a guy like Rugnet Odor, uh he might be a guy that you want to look at a little bit extra tomorrow or Wednesday because of uh, the matchup and how Walker uh, can kind of leave a meatball out there over the plate for a left-handed hitter. Yeah, and guys like Prince Fielder are definitely in play, all, sure. all those sorts of things for sure. Excuse me here. So now looking at the slate of hitters, do you have any fade targets as far as hitters, guys that maybe have been hot but you might want to back off of tomorrow? I do. Uh you, we really like that uh, Yankees-Blue Jays game, of course. I mean, there's going to be fireworks in that game. And Brian McCann's been a regular in my lineups to, to start the season. But uh, drawing a lefty matchup against Jay Happ, I'm probably going to have to stay stay off of him. And I'm not even sure that he'll even be in the lineup uh, mm-hmm. Wednesday. So he's a guy I'm backing off of. Uh, but then on the other side of the coin, uh, Jock Peterson and the Dodgers will be going up against Ruby De La Rosa of the Diamondbacks, right-hander. And... Limited sample size again, but, I mean, both these guys are pretty young. Jack Peterson's had success off of him, 3-for-10 lifetime uh, with a home run and four RBIs. So he Peterson should be back in the lineup just because of how thin the Dodgers are uh, in the outfield. Uh, going against a right-hander, I do, I do like Jack Peterson tomorrow as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. It'll be time to get those lefties back in the lineup. Definitely get back to Jock and tomorrow here. Uh, another... Uh, call up in the same boat as Mazzara here that I just want to touch on real quick uh we already talked about the uh the 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 sliding helmet incident Malik Smith yep. again all out uh I probably wouldn't use Smith of the Braves if you're using Strasburg you don't want to put the hitter and pitcher in sure. the exact same lineup that's something that I probably would would stay away from a little bit but if you are fading Stras and prefer to go with uh John's recommendation of Carrasco for example or taking a chance on a lower price guy and if you need some salary relief, I think uh, Malik Smith provides that option for sure. you uh, because 
you know, again, Strasburg in his opener, I think he his pitch count only got into the 80s, so we might see the hmm. bullpen coming uh, for the last few innings. So there could be uh, other examples against, you know, maybe not the ace. I mean, Papelbon has four saves in the year, I think, for the Nats. So he's that been, is correct. He's, he's been, been being used, used a lot. lot. Exactly. He, so, lo- he looked a bit labored last night, honestly, when he was on the mound. It looked like uh, he was kind of lucky to get out of that inning unscathed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, if you're looking for some salary relief, I think you might be able to find it with Smith. But, again, you don't want to use Smith and Strasburg in the same lineup. Uh, sure. Just general DFS strategy here. Uh, I was trying to look and pick out some stacks hitter-wise. Okay. And uh, one that really jumped out at me was uh, – and this one's on the early slate, so you might be able to profit from this. And that is uh, pretty much any hitter from the Marlins. And I, I, I probably wouldn't have said this last week, but uh, those bats woke up against the Mets yesterday a little bit. And uh, they're going to take—they have a, just a great matchup against Logan Verrett and the Mets. And uh, especially the left-handers, I'm going to go after guys like D. Gordon leading off. You're going to have to pay a, a pretty hefty price for Gordon, but I think he can hit value tomorrow. And Christian Yelich, Justin Boer, yep. I think all those guys represent solid options. Now, the way they've been doing their batting order, they've been going every other, so it's, you can't really stack them all. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, maybe you want to if you want to pay up for a Stanton in between, it, it couldn't necessarily hurt just because Verrett pretty un- unproven commodity in the majors and got hit around quite a bit in his debut yeah and what you got to like about that even more is you got to remember that the Mets bullpen just got taxed for seven and a third innings of work on mm-hmm. as of Monday night so they're going to be a little bit tired they had to make a, a call up to from Vegas earlier Tuesday so if they can get to Verrett early and often they're going to have to go against a tired tired bullpen and you're going to see guys like Justin Bohr just putting them in the seats yeah I mean Collins is going to have his fingers crossed that Verrett can get them three, four, five innings at least, but that's definitely no lock to happen. So if I'm playing the early slate, I'm going to build my lineup around some of those Marlins. I think that's going to be the way to go here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Moving to the evening slate, one stack I kind of like a little bit is the Kansas City Royals. They're going against the Astros and Scott Feldman. Royals hitters actually almost better off to use on the road just because Kauffman Stadium is so spacious true and you might get a chance for some more home runs not not necessarily that the Houston Stadium is the most hitter friendly of all ballparks uh, I mean unless you're trying to hit triples or the way the ball bounces around true. in the outfield and there. They, the Royals have guys that certainly can do that mm-hmm. guys like Alcides Escobar for example if you're looking for a punt play at shortstop I haven't seen Escobar's price below or I mean above 2400 this year I think you'll be able to get him around 2300 and of course he's a leadoff guy until Ned Yost decides otherwise right. so uh, he's someone to go with uh, I also like their lefties so guys like Alex Gordon Eric Hosmer and Mike Moustakis I think uh, I think they have a good chance of touching up Feldman in that game and uh, you know the over under isn't necessarily off the charts in this game I'm looking at a Let's see here. Royals at seven fifteen. We got a we got an eight and a half over under, so it's a little bit higher than normal. Not the not the highest on the slate, but there's going to be some runs scored in this game. I think and, so I, and, too. I, and I think Feldman's going to be surrendering quite a few of them. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. All right. Speaking of over unders, we always like to run through these um, just so we can get an idea of some suggested stacks based on. A Vegas standpoint, pretty much. Uh, we already mentioned Blue Jays, Yanks, eight and a half. That's a pretty solid uh, number. O's, Red Sox, a little bit higher at nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Royals, Astros, we just said eight and a half. But as expected, the highest number of the day is going to be at Coors Field. We have Giants and the Rockies, 11 and a half here. Is there anyone in particular that you seem to like in this matchup? Yes. Uh, for for the Rockies, I, def- I can almost go with 
any and all of the the Rockies outfielders. Uh, I expect that Charlie Blackman, he's been leading off against righties. Uh, I assume he'll be back setting the table uh, on Wednesday against uh, Jake Peavy, who has a career ERA uh, close to five at Coors. Uh, Just really, I mean, he's not rare in in saying that he doesn't do so hot at Coors, but, I mean, he's a guy to take advantage of. I think uh, Gerardo Parra could be a left-handed bat somewhere in the middle of that order that maybe isn't as priced as highly as, as a guy like Cargo. Uh, but could still, you know, definitely come in and hit value just because the matchup is so favorable. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you on Para just because even though he probably won't hit in the top of the order, they should get through that order a few times. And I believe mm-hmm. I saw his price right in the 3400 range today. Okay. And uh, compared to some of these other guys, Blackman Cargo, you're going to have to pay almost five grand for on FanDuel, and right. and, then, and that's quite a hefty price tag. I even like to look at Giants players. I mean, uh, Chatwood's going to be heading out to uh, the mound to the Rockies. Gave up five earned runs on seven hits and three walks against the Padres, who have had their fair share of offensive struggles this year. So I'm not expecting Chatwood to be a, a shutdown pitcher in any means. However, FanDuel does an excellent job reacting to the prices and, and and really getting a lot of those Giants prices up. I looked today, or I'm sorry, I looked on Tuesday, and I saw Posey at 4,900. I saw both Panic and Duffy up above 4,000, if I remember wow. correctly. Even Brandon Crawford was over 3,000, and I think Crawford's a good way to get a piece of that game if you're not necessarily going to fork out all the salary for that. So yes. uh, guys to look at. I'm also going to look at Denard Span and Angel Pagan just based on where they're batting in the order because those might be similar to Gerardo Parra on the other side of the ball. Those guys might be some lower-priced options to take a look at. Yep, consistent, smart, safe plays. Exactly. Well, MLB season is here, and that means Daily Fantasy Baseball is back. Go to FanDuel.com to play now. Building the team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight to watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1 so anyone can play. Exactly. That's FanDuel.com. Grateful to have them sponsoring this podcast again this year so we can continue to bring you daily fantasy sports content. Now, John, what about tournament plays? You're going to have to set yourself apart in GPPs. That's the theme here. Uh, you got to take a lower-owned pitcher. And you mentioned kind of a kind of a not-so-hot pitching slate overall mm-hmm. on the day. Is there any kind of pr- pitcher that you think might be a little bit cheaper that stands out for you? Yeah, it was it was a little bit tough to to really find a, a guy that I really liked in tournaments uh, that that wouldn't just be a giant blatant risk. So I'm going to go with uh, Carlos Rodon of the White Sox going up against the Twins. Uh, not only do I like uh, his skill set and uh, his career numbers against the Twins, he's got a t- career uh, ERA of two against them in a smaller sample size, um, but I really like going a pitcher against the Twins right now. I don't think that the Twins are going to stay down forever with the talent that's in that lineup, but they are all off to frigid starts. I mean, except for Joe Maurer, it is brutal they they lead the league in strikeouts i believe with 79 mm-hmm. so they're leading by five and at, the, at this early juncture of the season that's like kind of a significant amount uh and then they also have the sixth worth worst on base percentage and 
uh, OPS plus, and they have the fifth most batters left on base. So even if they get on base, there's no guarantee that they're coming around to score on Rodon. So I think Rodon would be kind of an interesting play tomorrow at, at uh, Target Field. Yeah, just a comment on the Twins' strikeout prowess, though. Uh, you, total strikeouts is, is a good one to look at it all, but I also like to look at strikeout percentage because mm-hmm. that kind of throws out you know the all the extra innings games or maybe shortened games or anything like that. Good point. Twins a full 3% higher than the Blue Jays here. And now, granted, a little over a week, very small sample size, but 34, 30.4% strikeout rate, and that's just brutal. You mentioned Joe Maurer getting off to a pretty decent start, but a lot of their guys, their young guys, like Byron Buxton and Miguel Sano, not quite above the Mendoza line yet. Neither is Trevor Plouffe. I'm sure they had bigger expectations for him. So uh, the 0-7 Twins, 0-7 at the time of uh, recording this podcast, they're going to need to get some bats eventually. I'm hoping Sano can help me eventually win a stake later this year because (laughs) he is my utility player. But uh, not the start I was looking for from these guys, and I'm sure... Not the start I expected either, No, I mean, yeah, this team I thought was actually going to contend in the AL Central. Now, they had a bad week, okay? You don't want to dismiss them just yet. Got to go to the Camden Yards and those, you know, buzzsaw Orioles. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They got to do something like that. I mean, you definitely can't win your division in the first month of the season, but you could probably lose it. And if they keep on the track that they are right now, they're going to be... They're going to be in a very uphill battle. Kind of a cliche. I hate to I hate to throw those out there, but that really is the case with Minnesota. And it, you don't want to say now or never just yet, but they're going to be climbing here. Absolutely. All right. Now for my tournament pitcher, this guy I don't have prices yet at the time of record, but I'm guessing he's going to be one of the bottom five price pitchers. I guess uh, I guess we'll see on that. It's really tough to predict this kind of thing. But I'm going to go with my pick on the Brewers strategy. And I'm going to go ahead and pick Mike Leak of the Cardinals going up against Chase Anderson and the Brewers. Now, Anderson had a pretty solid start for the Brewers. I believe that was a home matchup against the Astros, or it might have been away. I'm not entirely sure on that. But regardless, St. Louis looks like a team. You mentioned earlier that their bats are starting to wake up a little bit. Yep. You've got the emergence of Hazel Baker. You've got plenty of depth on that bench. So Mike Leak will get some run run support. I mean, picking on the Brewers is working. It worked for uh, Waka a few days ago, who uh, really kind of he looked like what we expect out of Waka. Exactly. But granted, a lot of that was the opponent. And so there's Mike Leak. He's kind of a pitch to content guy. There's not a ton of strikeout upside. His career K per nine is just a hair above six. So not exactly what you're looking for from a starting pitcher in a tournament, but a pitcher of Leak's price should be able to help you go and uh, stack up some of those pricier stacks. So that if you want to target that Giants-Rockies game heavily, yep. a pitcher like Leak might allow you to do that. And, uh, you know, I like the win probability, especially in tournaments. Cards are minus 168 favorites. That's the second highest uh, money line on the whole slate outside of the Nationals who are hosting the Braves. So, uh, you know, it's the path to victory for me is huge, and the 12-point bonus is huge. If he gets in six innings and five strikeouts, doesn't give up, you know, Basically, if he has a quality start with five strikeouts, gets the win, you're looking at almost 50 fan duel points. That's huge. I mean, coming from a guy like Mike Leak as well. And what's crazy is that you can uh, not necessarily expect it, but you feel all right about rolling out a, a Cardinals pitcher at home against a weaker opponent. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, uh, Leak tomorrow just feels like a smart play. It feels like you're you're almost locked in for those 12 points right off the bat, and you, you don't feel like he's going to get completely lit up. So, you know, two, three runs over six innings, like you said, uh, that's going to get you to where you want to be, and then that's going to free up room to, to really target those higher over-under games. Entirely well, very well said, John. I just think uh, that the floor 
maybe not isn't there. Uh, the ceiling could be a little bit higher, but at the price that you're getting, the potential for value is, is very immense here. So totally. looking at a guy like Leak tomorrow, again, to recap, our tournament flyers, John likes Carlos Barone. I like Mike Leak. Cash games, John likes Carrasco. And I, I'm, I'm on Strasburg tomorrow. <laughs> All right, that being said, thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Remember that first-time FanDuel users that make a deposit of $25 or more via Rotowire can get six months of complimentary access to the website. A great deal. Check that out if you're new to daily fantasy sports. Otherwise, if you just want to check out rotowire.com on your own, head on down to rotowire.com pod. That's rotowire.com pod. You'll get yourself a fresh 10-day trial to check out everything we have to offer on the website. Hopefully get you started off in a good place when putting together those daily lineups. Once again, I'm Jake Litarski. If you want to give me a follow on Twitter, you can find me at jakeski 52 And I'm John McKechnie, and you can find me on Twitter at Johnny McKechs. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y. M-C-K-E-C-H-S. All right, the Rotowire Daily Fantasy Podcast will return Thursday with Benny and Jane. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.